Yo, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy Real back with another motherfucker review, man. It is Teller Tuesday. Yes, yes, Teller Tuesday. This is Sons of Anarchy, season one, episode three. And we are bike. Yo, first off, salute to all the fam in the Discord. You know what it is. Can't wait to get in there and holler at y'all about this one. Um, also, salute to those of y'all that's holding your boy down on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all those other good um podcast streaming services. I see the numbers. I'm fucking with y'all, man. Salute to y'all. Um, and everybody that came from everywhere that just stuck around and just wanted to see what I'm talking about. So it's all love. But this one, this was an interesting episode. I did enjoy this one. And like I like I've seen these, but this is my second time going through. So it really feels brand new to me. Like I know exactly how this series ends. I know the the horrific deaths and everything to come. But it gets foggy. I haven't seen it in years. So this is actually the perfect time for me to do this. I'm just enjoy- like I'm watching it. I have no idea what's about to happen in season one, episode three, until I've seen it. So it's fun. It's been fun. It's been a fun little ride for me. I've been enjoying it. And this episode, uh, since I've been ranking them, I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten for show. One hundred percent. Eight out of ten. Still a nice. What's that? A C? A B? That's like a B. That's a good B grade. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I'm gonna give this one an eight out of ten. Uh, why wasn't it perfect? I'll probably be nitpicking as I go through the review, but um, I guess you'll hear it when I go through it. But anyway, man, let's get straight to it. Uh, this one was kind of a dark episode. Anytime it it was centered around the rape of a thirteen year old girl by some dirty carnies, but we ain't even know that they were the ones to do it yet. But uh, yeah, this was one of the darker episodes, and I just was like, ah, this is. It was rough when they showed her. But uh, before we get into the meat of it, we do learn some things in this episode. We learn where the guns are coming from. We learn two things, actually. A, gun running is the number one way that uh, the sons are making money. Okay. And two, it is coming from the Irish. And they have been running guns for more than 10 plus years. So this is this is the foothold in the outlaw game they have. Uh, the Nords clearly are the the meth dealers. The Sons are the arms dealers. The Mayans we don't know. And the Niners we really don't know. But it's probably a lot of outlaw shit. We don't know if they cornered the market on anything. We only know about two factions, right? That's got something going on. But um, so we do learn about that and. They get a fresh shipment of guns, right? But Clay runs into another issue. This gun issue has yet to be solved because we fixed the Niners problem with the guns, but the warehouse, okay, the guns get transported in barrels, disassembled, so you can fit several in there. It's smart. I like it. They show it coming off the boat. They show the people loading it up. Um, So I, they got a nice little system going. Comes right off the dock. And because it's broken up, they have to be assembled. And that warehouse that the Mayans burned down was that place. That was where they assembled the guns safely, fucking uh, stored them, sold them, and all those other good things. And that was the only place they had to do such things. So that stops the production. 
So Clay has figured, like I said, Clay has figured out things with the Niners. He's got that immediate problem done. But his regular shipment is here, and he's asking for time to pay. Like, hey, we got because they they have they they don't have this club is not broke, right? It's not a broke club, but it's a club. You have to feed each of the members. Some probably more than others. Some get a little different of a split, but either way it goes, it's a business. Everybody gets a bust down of the profit. So it's not that they just have all this cash on hand. There's a club. There's a club money, I'm sure, like a club account. And it is now going to procure another fucking warehouse. They need another place to put these guns together. So that's going to cost some money. So they need a little little breathing room. And I'm on the side of Clay in this conversation. Although I totally understand the argument, but the argument between Clay and the Irishman, the gun, the gun wielding Irishman, the one who ships it in, he um he's letting them know. The conversation is Clay's side is, "Yo, we ran to some snacks." Okay, but we're going to get you right. We just need about three to six months, but, you know, still be giving us the guns. Like, just but hold tight on the money. Like, we're we going to get you right, though. We just got to, you know, shit happen, burnt down. Things happen when you outlawing. You know that. You know that. So just give us some time. I got you. And then when you discover that they've been doing this business together for 10 plus years, you're like, yeah, this seems like a reasonable request. Because, I mean, anybody could have came through the feds, uh, local PD, anybody, a rival gang. These are the bumps and bruises of doing illegal activities. And anybody doing anything illegal, you would think would have some leeway and some understanding. If this is the first time it's ever happened, you know, you're not a repeat offender of fucking up money and, and guns being missing and this type of shit. Um you would assume that the person supplying you would give you a little little wiggle room, let you get your feet back under you. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, come on, come on. But my man's put it like, hey, to you, sir, this is business. And I respect your point. I respect where you're coming from, and I understand it. And if it was any other circumstance outside of war, then I would have no problem obliging you. So this is the real issue. The Irish are at war. IRA probably. He didn't say it, but I'm quite sure that's the that's the group he's he's pro. And they're at war. They need this money to fund the war. And when that money stops coming in, they start losing real people. So his his feelings is I'm sorry for you, Clay, but if you ain't got my money, it's no because the, apparently they have an exclusivity deal. You, uh, we only give guns to the sons. That's it. But if you can't give us the, the money, if we can't get there, we got to go someplace else. And that's the fucking last thing Clay wants to do. It's not, it's not just because he doesn't want anybody else to have more power or more money because we don't know what these groups are making, what these other uh, MCs are making. There could be very well a richer MC than them. Somebody who could gain more territory if if need be, or have more people with more guns. But a simple matter of fact is that 
this is their number one moneymaker. And Clay is not trying to split that. He's not trying to win them back. And what if the Irish find somebody that's easier to deal with or it, they can charge more money for or doesn't have the friendship rate? Because a lot of times you get fucked in the friendship rate when you're the seller. It's like, yeah, we got a good rapport. Okay, you know, each gun is just give us 500 back on these guns. We're good. But if it's somebody you don't give a fuck about, you could sell it for what the gun is worth. No, I want eight back. And Clay don't want to go down that path. Okay? Nor should he. So we got another issue. We're trying to um, save the, the business. Save the gun running business. So while Clay is sitting there racking his brain, him and uh, Chibs is talking. Chibs is, seems to be the connect to the Irish, not just because of accent, but I think they really know each other. And while they're discussing that, lo and behold, uh, the I guess this wealthy man in town, a guy that probably owns a third of Charmin, you know, he's got butcher shops, he's got all type of shit. He's just a, you know, he's a venture capitalist of sorts. He's just fucking owning shit right he owns the town essentially a lot of land a lot, a lot of land an important figure in charming um we see them running to each other at the carnival right it was nice to see uh clay and Gemma. Gemma, for all the people that was killing me Gemma with two m's and an a all right i'm not coming to fuck her name up today so it, it looked like Gemma and clay just took their kids out to the carnival like, they were just all playing and having fun. Jax had tickets and shit. I was just like, that was weird. Were they there for any other reason than to just have fun? I think they were supposed to meet up with the guy with the guns, but they decided, let's go to the carnival first. I don't know. That was awkward, but Jax looked like he had a lot of fun. You know what I'm saying? They was riding rides. It was just like a good, wholesome time full of outlaws. <laughs> you know, outlaws got to ride a roller coaster here and there. But... We see their little interaction, right, uh, between Clay and the the wealthy man. I can't think of his name right now. I barely get Gemma right, so y'all just going to have to take that. Um, so we see that little interaction, and then while Clay is trying to figure out, okay, this money situation, uh, it seems that a gift landed on his lap. It was a very disgusting gift. It seemed like this is going to be the... This is going to solve all your problems. So at the carnival, the, the the wealthy man and his wife is looking for their daughter. Camera pans out. She is bleeding. And we find out she was raped out there. Very sad. And as any father would, I know I fucking would. If I had the opportunity to call the cops, right, and, and get some proper justice, or if I could do some law-abiding citizen shit on my uh, Gerard Butler tip, I'm going the Gerard Butler route. You don't do that to my baby girl. Are you, are you fucking out of your mind? No. You will pray that the cops get to you before I do. So I totally, that him going to Clay for help, I didn't see an issue with at all. It was just perfect. That's a, that's a father's gut response. Like, fuck that, fuck the police. I want this motherfucker myself. So I'm on board. And also, I'm kind of seeing the play. I'm like, well, how convenient is this shit? Clay is down on money. He needs a lot of money. He needs an influx of cash. Uh, he just ran to this gun problem. 
And then lo and behold, the wealthiest man in town is asking him for a favor, a very highly illegal favor, one where you could extort him for many, many, many greenbacks, like a lot of money. You could just extort him for a lot of cash, right? So I'm thinking like, oh, yeah, Clay's finna hop all on this. And then when he takes the, I don't know, route, like, you know what you're asking me for, right? And if I do this, justice got to be served. I'm not just finna go run through all this, find the guy, do this, bring him to you, just for you to, like, you know, not go through with it. I can't have that. And he's agreeing, and he's like, hey, I'll whatever, pay you whatever, you just let me know. And Clay, smartly, I'm like, oh, okay, here go Clay. He about to lay a number down. This is going to take care of the gun problem. This is going to take care of the Irish problem. No problem. No. Clay goes another route. He says, nah, I don't want your money. I don't want nothing from you. Charming, this is my town. And any, I, and we take care of our own. And somebody coming in here raping 13-year-old girls, raping any girls, anybody, I'm not going to stand for it. So I'm going to help you out. This is what I'm going to do. Now, me, I'm knowing. I was just like, wow. I didn't for one second think he was some fucking knight in shining armor. Just like, but it did feel like it did feel like a piece was genuine. But I knew Clay was up to something else. But in the moment when Clay did that. It felt there was some genuineness to it. And then it, it followed up by the, the move at the table. Tig smartly brought up. Man, fuck dude. I did like Tig's response. Tig was was pretty much on point. Tig said, fuck dude. I, I feel bad for her. I don't want that to happen to any little girl. That's fucked up. But why we finna go risk everything, freedom, all this shit? Because it happened to him. And he's rich. Fuck him. What's in the fuss? Clay defends it by saying this is our fucking town. Something like this goes down. This is what we do. Every once in a while, we got to get our hands dirty for free. Take care of the people of our town that we run. And when he said that, I was like, holy shit. He got a nice little resounding thing. Jax was looking up to him like, this is what I signed up for. Jax is like, hell yeah. And they fucking, and, but, but Clay, smartly, this is, I, you know, Gemma is a genius to me, right? She is a fucking master manipulator. And sometimes you could get caught up in that and just be like, hmm, I wonder what Jim was going to do. Clay, however, is a genius in his own right. See, Jim wants you to know that she's the shit, that she's smart, and that she's fucking better than you. Which nine times out of ten, she probably is. But she's one of those. Clay, on the other hand, is more so, I'm firm when I need to be. I command fear, but I'll be willing to look dumb so that you can underestimate me and I'll fuck you later. And he's also a master manipulator, but he doesn't do it so brash. Like he's a kind of, he's a kind of manipulator. that's like, I'm going to befriend you. Jim was more like, I'm going to manipulate you because if you want to be a better version of you, you want to get into this circle. You got to fuck with me. I could make you better. I could bring you up. I'm who you need to fuck with. 
And that's how she that's how she owns the that's how she owns hers. Clay's more so like, tell me about what's going on. Huh? How's your daughter? Is everything cool? Oh, come on in here. Give me a hug, big guy. Yeah, it, I wish I could help you. It'd be really nice if you wouldn't shot this guy in the face. Maybe we could, you know, that'll make everybody's life a little easier and work it out. And it just kind of relates you to that level where you go, yeah, I think I should shoot this guy in the face. Clay really cares about me. So I think that's where he is. And he shows that at the table when he says this line right here, and I'm like, oh, this guy's pretty smart. He looks around the table and he goes, hey, because Tig makes a fair point. Tig stood up, made a fair point. Clay smartly acknowledged that point. He said, hey, this is why we should do it. But I understand anybody who ain't down. You, I don't, this is, this is more so on me. I'm taking this one on. This ain't a club thing. This is a clay thing. So if you ain't down, I'm with it. But he knows his club. He knows that. And, and, and that's the type of leadership they respect. And just like that, before, before you can even finish, she was like, I'm fucking in. Like, I don't give a fuck what you're talking about. And the whole table's going, we in, we in. Look over at Tig too. Of course I'm in. I'm just saying I had to fucking, you know, I had to make a point. Like it, facts are facts. Just thought we could get something out of this, but yeah, let's go. Keep, let's go get a, a child rapist. I'm with it. And that's the genius of Clay. Um, so now the mission is on, and uh, Hale, Officer Hale, not Dale. Okay, there's no Dale in this show yet. I don't know. There might be a Dale later on, but he ain't it, Officer Hale. Cause y'all was giving me Hale. About fucking up these names, respectfully though. I, I love y'all. But Hale is also on the case, and we know he's extremely good at his job. So the other powers that be, now we we getting we seeing the other side of things, right? Um, Hale comes come is requested by some rather established gentlemen just to simply tell him, hey, um, we heard that. Buddy was talking to Clay, and he wants them to find him. So what we need from you is not to break the law, not to do nothing unscrupulous, right? We need you to just go do it faster, be quicker, you know, get there before Clay does. And it might be, you know, we'll look highly on that. And and Hale had every intention on doing that anyway. He just was like, the fuck? But he sees the play. He's like, oh, he owns a lot of land and, you know, but they laid it out for him. It wasn't nothing to figure out. They said, we need you to do that because, you know, if Clay comes through, then dude owes him a favor. He owns a lot of land, means a lot more sons or we ain't going to get the shit we want. So just come through for us, champ. Like, do this one for us. And Hill's like, yeah, okay. I was doing that anyway, but fuck off. You know what I'm saying? Let me get back to my job. So now Hill is on fucking babysitting the the club detail he smartly goes to the club and says hey um you know there was a raping and we have to and we heard you guys were there so we got to do some uh some interviews you know everybody knows it's bullshit not one sons would fucking rape any child in their town you know what i'm saying so they all know it's bullshit but they don't they haven't figured out yet what hell is up to but they do know they don't want them leaving. It's bullshit. He's being detained. Clay just ain't figured out why yet, right? 
So now it's babysitting duties. Now, this is one of those things where an eight out of 10 goes like I'm on board. Okay. They got me mad because there's a there's a young girl who's being raped. So I want to see this justice, too. I want I want to see I want to see them fuck somebody up for this shit. This is fucked up. I also want to see how Clay can somehow spin this in his favor to help him with the Irish. So I'm very involved. And so far, everything is lining up for a damn good episode until you introduce the cops, right? So we got Tig and Jax and um and Chibs and Juice all hanging back at the uh at the automotive shop, uh Teller and Morrow's body shop, right? And they got a couple cops hanging on them. Just waiting there. And then, then they complaining like, oh, they taking a fourth fucking uh, coffee break. Meanwhile, they sent half sack out there on some child's bike. I, I still don't know. I must have. I don't know if I look. I looked at my phone. I don't know if I looked away for a second. But I have no clue. Can one of y'all get in the comments and let me know why did they put him on that, that child's bike? What did he do again to deserve that? But anyway, they found a way to sneak him out. So he go do some uh, some some. Um, some stalking of hell, right? Just following hell, being his shadow. Since they don't want him to move, they want somebody to follow hell to see how much progress he's making so they can make sure to be there before him. And so far, the club has nailed down is probably the Nords. So Jax is off doing the facts finding mission. Half Sack is out trailing hell. Um, and it's kind of the, the situation. But then here come the two cops, right? They on their third or fourth coffee break. People are annoyed. T comes up with the perfect idea. I got some shit that I can, I'll just like, you know, slip a Mickey in their fucking coffee. They'll be out 12 hours, right? 12 hours sleep. So this is the thing I didn't like. It seemed too slapstick. You know, you get such a dark episode and it's so serious, yet there's this super slapsticky moment in which... The cops come in and, oh, yeah. Like, who drinks that much coffee back to back, right? They, this is their third coffee break. They're coming back for another refill. Like, okay, that's unrealistic. I drink a lot of coffee, but I'm not doing it like I'm chain smoking cigarettes. They're fucking chain drinking cups of coffee. Okay, fuck it. Let's say that that's a thing. There's people like that that exist. Not just one, but two. And not just that, but they're partners. So, fuck it. Let's go with that. Let's, uh, let's go with that. They're coming back in for another refill. What you're not going to tell me is, is that two grown ass men upwards and over like 200 pounds or more that Tig is some type of uh, uh, the biologist or some fucking chemist that that looked, I bought that, that tire pot of coffee and was like, yeah, I'm going to put this many pills in here and they should be fucking knocked out in no time, right? And not just in no time. But they're going to take a sip and be fucking out immediately after that sip. I mean, the cops come in, take a sip, and then they they fall down. It should have been some music playing when they fail. Like a double bloop or boobity dee dee. -dee. Like something like light, like light and joyful. Some wistful. That's the word I'm looking for. Something fucking a wistful sound should have played as these two stupid ass cops fall out from a sip of some drug coffee. And, and I still don't know what the fuck it is. 
And then you got another comedic moment where he gives it to Juice and tells him, hey, get rid of these, uh, hide them. And Juice's like, what the fuck is this? Vitamins. Just put them away. And yeah, Juice feels a little malnourished. She's a little down. But also, this, okay, so there's several things I, I'm not understanding. Juice's job was to load the weapons, right? I mean, we all know that he was able to put them in bags, but he didn't put him, the clips with him. So his job was to clip up the guns, the AKs, and get them in a the bag. What he managed to do was get them in the bag without without the clips, and probably on his way back to get the clips, he passed out because he took one of uh, Tig's vitamins, right? That also made him out on the floor, and nobody went to search for juice longer than two seconds. Whatever. So that whole thing just... That whole auto shop situation seemed like a rush job on the writing. Didn't make any fucking sense. Can't give you a perfect score with such a big, giant, dumb scene. That wasn't quick. It was a, a nice little amount of minutes devoted to the scene. So it was just really fucking stupid. So, you know, that's part of the 8 out of 10. But uh, big picture. So now we're looking for the Nords. Jax gets some info. They find one big big dude that that fits the profile right he was he was already in trouble for fucking sex offense and you know that's the one so they need to locate him so you need to locate um what's his name the guy the leader of the nords can't think of his name right now uh but they find Gemma actually stumbles upon him with her interaction with Tara we'll get into Tara is very interesting in this episode we learn a lot more about her but I, you know, I digress. Um, so Jimbo's got the scoop on them. They, they link up with them, find out where this guy's at. Right. Then they find out they ain't got no clips for the AK. So now it's just hands and handguns and they whoop a whole lot of ass. They whoop a whole lot of Nord ass and they, uh, run in the house only to find everybody praying. Another, somebody cue the wistful, playful sounds. Turns out that uh, he's a reformed or he's working on his sex addiction or his rapist addiction or his underage addiction, whatever. This, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But he's working on it. He's getting closer to Jesus. So I guess the crew just feeling a little embarrassed and is now it's back to square one. Now, because that was such a big failure. And the boys are just kind of more running gun than finesse, right? In comes Gemma. Gemma is here to save the day yet again. Gemma's the one who located the leader of the Nords, and she's also the one who's finna bust this fucking case wide open, but not until we find out more information between her and Tara. Um, Tara and Gemma's little, little back and forth was whatever it was. Gemma... Went there to shit talk Wendy. Now she's healthy. And didn't mention nothing about... Gemma never said, did you talk to the cops? Or did you tell them what I did? Gemma's whole intention was to come in there and find out if she told the cops anything. And she was just doing a polite reminder. Gemma's, Gemma lets you know that she doesn't leave no stone unturned. Oh, Wendy's good? Oh, I'm about to pay this bitch a visit. This junkie whore that probably is going to try to rat me out or something? Let me find out how she does not end up in jail. Right? 
finds out that hey, I just said that uh I had a friend smuggle it in. I took it under my own volition and you know, I'm down to sign up for rehab and all this other shit. So Jimma's got her information and she's happy that Shorty kept that, you know, to herself, but also did not miss an opportunity to make Wendy feel small as shit. So Gemma checked her, saw Tara, didn't have too many words. Tara made a little cute thing about, oh, did you come to bring Wendy some flowers or maybe something else? And Gemma was just like, Ugh, I'm going to have to worry about this one. Because mostly, because Gemma's not used to fucking, she's used to being on the offense. She's not used to, like, once she gets into it with a woman, that's where it is. Not to be spoken of again until Gemma wants to. Tara, though, is showing that she will push back and fight and not let Gemma get away with a fucking thing. And Gemma's face clearly said, this bitch about to be a problem. She ain't say that, but I read that all over her face. She's going to be a problem. Now, Gemma ain't been around for no meetings. She don't know the plan. She don't know shit. But just by stalking around corners and ear hustling, she's learned two things. The guys ain't found shit. They, uh, hell is trying to hold them back from finding it. So it's a race. Gemma knows it's a race between the cops and the crew. She knows the guys already failed. And Tara, that she doesn't know, Tara helped hell with letting him get in there to try to speak to the daughter to get some more information because the mother is just hysterical. She doesn't want anybody talking to the only victim that could eyeball this person. You know, the we desperately want this man caught, but not desperate enough to have the one witness we got talk to anybody because that's my little girl. So, you know, but I'm not a mother. I'm, I'm trying to appreciate her frustration. It sounds fucking stupid because, you know, but Gemma, master manipulator and a master finesser. She comes through, sneaks her way into the child's room and hits him with some, um, what's that called? The uh, reverse psychology. Hey, I told your daughter I know the secret. You know, and she just tried to relate to her mother to mother like, yo, it's real. You're going to have to face it one day. Don't have this poor girl thinking that the shit didn't happen. Let it happen. Had this conversation and let us find this motherfucker that did it. So Gemma, after the boys have tried and failed and did all their shenanigans, drugging and knocking out cops and doing all this, Gemma is the one, the one and only, to fucking crack the case and say there's some fucking carny that dressed like a clown. The same clown that Tig and Jax dunked and stumped in the water and, and just did all that type of shit, right? So now it's the big showdown. They get the guy, they whoop some ass first. It's always a nice little fight scene. It's always a nice little brawl. I, and it didn't go unnoticed that Jax, yet again, overly punching the motherfucker. Jax is really good for not stopping. And it makes me wonder, he ain't caught a body yet, but when he does, is it going to be with the bullet or is it going to be with his hands? Because he seems to like to beat people to death if unchecked and that temper comes out again 
So they keep showing you for three episodes, Jax has a fucking temper. He doesn't know when to stop. Right? This is three episodes straight, and Jax is, does, he has no, he's going to keep going. Something interesting all might want to be on the lookout for. They get the guy, deliver him to the father. Father gives a nice little speech about castrating cows. And so it's all leading to cutting this dude's dick off. Of course, he doesn't go through with it. Clay, smirk, figured that much out. Proceeded to still cut that man's balls off, which I was happy about. I'm not going to lie. Not going to lie. As attached as I am to my male member, okay, when you're raping a, 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 a girl, if you're raping anybody, I am not opposed to you losing it. I'm just not. I'm just, I'm pro that. Rape somebody, lose a dick. I'm not, I don't, I admit. It makes sense in my book. It may not be the most PC thing, but I just feel personally like, ah, where's my sympathy? I don't, my sympathy will not lie with the person whose dick got chopped off for committing some heinous rape. So, you know, feel how you will. But yes, I was very pleased because I was like, come on, dude, do it. You got to see you. I was like, do it, do it, do it. And his fucker didn't do it, and he dropped the knife. I was like, oh, my God. And then Clay picked it up, and he was my hero. Hey, keep him there. Cut that. Let him bleed out. I said, oh, yeah. Nice and gruesome. That's how I like it. Let him bleed out and die, and then take him somewhere and bury him. Goes to have a conversation. Jax don't like none of that. Jax knew it was a whole little play, and he wasn't involved, which is something we learned. We learned last episode that Jax and Gemma don't trust each other for real. Love each other, but no trust is there. And we learn now that Clay and Jax love each other, but there's no trust there. But Jax had the balls to tell him, yo, how can I be your vice president and you not share with me the play? Like, you're not telling me the most important shit, like the need to know. Clay lays it all out to him. Makes sense, but he doesn't give them everything. It on on paper it sounded official, and it's probably a lot of truth in that. But there's something else that Clay's hanging on to. There's another reason he's got this guy's fingerprints bagged up and doing all this. Of course, he's gonna extort him to get to use, do the land, everything else. But he's definitely not gonna stop there. Like we know, Clay can't have that much power over somebody, and just use it for a one-off. That would just be foolish. There's too many things the club can do in Charming and 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 the influence of a guy like that. No. You should have never came to me. Uh, I, and so now, and the fact that he didn't go through with it. So I had to catch the dude, bring him to you. You didn't do it, so I had to. Oh, yeah. You oo. So Clay had it, yeah. I don't know why he didn't share it with Jax. But then... Jax was see the the problem that Jax really had was he thought he was doing something noble by reading his brother by reading the book from uh, the memoirs or the book that his father was working on you know there's a lot of chapters and a lot of things on there about brotherhood and looking out for one another and just and and the the true meaning of a club so Jax felt really good at the table when Clay said, hey, man, somebody came in our fucking town, raped one of our citizens, 
this is what we here for this is what we do Jax is fucking on board with this he's like yeah this is what my father wanted this is the shit i signed up for only to be let down because you know there was it was not just on the arm or it was not just for the justice that was deserved so Jax is sad about that and his father, whatever his father's saying is really coming to life for him. You know, he hasn't acted on anything, but we can see the change in the in the in the feelings. Proud at the table, a little disappointed, a lot disappointed when Clay bagged up that evidence and did what he did. So that's definitely something to look out for. Um and Tara. Now the biggest the fuck is Tara. Tara when talking to hell was like, yo talking about restraining orders and some exes in Chicago and blase blase. And I didn't really believe her about the ex thing, but there was somebody who's got a restraining order. Maybe, but she was curious. She was asking curious questions. And then cut to there's a fed in Chicago. looking through paperwork. Got the son's case dropped on his desk. And, he sees Jack's name. He sees Tara when he's flipping through shit. So Tara's got a, a police record. So Tara's with the shits. She's a doctor. It couldn't have been a felony. Whatever she did ain't a felony. You can't have a felony and be a doctor. So it was it was, it was a misdemeanor of some sort or several ones or something. But when dude was scrolling through them faces, he saw Clay. He said, the fuck? Jack's, yeah. But then he went over to, to Tara. He had to double back on that Tara. And then at the end of the episode, here comes Tara. Uh, I mean, here comes the the agent guy talking to hell. Like, hey, uh, I came down here asking about these sons. You know anything about the sons of anarchy in your town? Hell's with the biggest, nastiest grin is like, fuck yeah, I do. Come on in. Well, let's chop it up. Because that is public enemy number one as far as hell is concerned. Now. Before I, you know, before we wrap this up, this juice thing, though. So Juice <laughs> didn't give him the, the, the bullets to the guns. That could have resulted in somebody getting hurt. I understand. So another little comedy break. There seems to be a lot of comedy breaks this episode. What I, what I noticed is they fucking legit stapled some shit to that man's chest. He had to pull it out. Like, I was like, oh, shit. So that shows you the brutality of the club. Because I'm thinking like, oh, okay, they just made fun of him. Like, you know, like if you fall asleep at, at you know, guys fall asleep at your guy crib. I was drinking to some shit and they drawing dicks on the side of your face. All type of weirdo shit. I've never been a victim. I've never taken part in it either. But these things exist. Some hazing, if you will. But what may have been like intended for some of us to laugh at and go oh look at juice poor juice he's in a diaper in this what i saw i didn't laugh at it wasn't to me it wasn't so it wasn't to be seen as funny juice really fucked up and they really stapled that shit to his chest so this club is brutal to its members and that was light he had to pull that shit off his body that shit looked painful juice took it on the chin but anytime hazing goes to something like that that extreme stapling anything to your body 
while you're passed out, while you're in your most vulnerable state, that's a fucking brutal group. And, and of course that was his punishment. And that's when nothing happened. So what happens to you in this club? If you really fuck up, that's the first thing I thought. I said, damn, ain't nobody get hurt. I mean, he shouldn't have been past the pills anyway. I didn't understand why he got the pills in the first place. But, you know, he did take it. He did fuck up. Nobody got hurt. I'm like, staple it to the man's chest. What if somebody did get shot? What if one of the sons died? What would have happened to Juice? For not putting the bullets in the guns. That's what immediately what I want to think of. So that's just another little something for y'all to, you know, think about, put on your plate. But um, next week should get real get real interesting we find out who this fan is we find more out about tara tara's the biggest mystery right now tara's the biggest mystery going on in this season so far and i need to know more and i need to see more tara versus Gemma. this is seems to be where the real fireworks is happening jackson clay we can kind of see where this is about to go but this tara Gemma shit is unfolding and it's getting real good but yeah man that's all i got for y'all Hope y'all enjoyed that. Hope I didn't talk too long, right? It was just a, it was a, I, it was just a lot in this episode. A lot of little things that just piqued my interest, so I had to you know get into it. But yeah, man, hop in the look in the description, right? Look, you're looking at my face now. If you look down, not that down, not too far down, okay? I got a woman, please, just down enough to where you're in the description box, right? It says join the Discord. Hella exclamation marks. That's what you do. That's the link. You hit that shit. You join up. All right. Join these conversations. Get in them comments. Well, I think I asked you something in the comments, but please do. Please feel free. Uh, but other than that, man, you know how it goes. Protect your health, yourself, and your wealth. All right. Your boy Rail is out of here, man. Peace.